You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, we'll talk about a predicament that happened to some Muslims who fled Mecca. One of the very unwise conditions that Quraysh put in Sulh al-Hudaybiyah is that they stipulated in the treaty that any Muslim who flees from Mecca to the Prophet has to be sent back. Remember they put that clause? The Prophet accepted this condition. And of course, we previously examined how the companions objected to him. You know, they told him, how can you agree to this condition? When they have also stipulated that anyone who defects from Islam and he goes to Mecca, he has the right to stay in Mecca. But if someone from Mecca goes to join Muslims, they can't. They told him that's not fair. How are you accepting this humiliating clause? If one of our guys becomes mushrik, he's allowed to go to Mecca to join Quraysh. But if one of their guys become Muslim, they're not allowed to join us. Why do you accept? The Prophet gave a very wise answer, if you remember. The Prophet told them, look, the one who leaves Islam, he defects from Islam, he gives up his faith in Tawheed, and he wants to go, let him go. Why do, you, why do we want such people in our community? What do we need them for? And the ones in Mecca who have become Muslim, they want to come, let them be patient, Allah will give them victory. This really shows the immense wisdom of the Prophet ﷺ and how smart he was and how connected to Allah he was. See, the one who defects from Islam, you don't want him in your community, let him go. Because if he stays, he causes trouble, he causes fitna. Let him go. If someone has left Islam, he's given up his faith, Leave, go to Mecca. There's no reason why you'd keep someone like that. And the one who's in Mecca, and he's a mu'min, he's going to spread Islam amongst his family and friends. Let him stay there, that's actually good. You see the wisdom of the Prophet, but these companions couldn't see the wisdom of the Prophet. They objected. They told him that's not fair. In fact, some of them we saw who, he told them, are you really the messenger of God? Like how could you expect, accept this humiliating clause? But look at the sharp vision of the Prophet. It was really a win-win for Muslims. Now listen to what happens. In any case, after Hudaybiyah, the Prophet reaches Medina. A man, a Muslim man, who had become Muslim in, uh, in Mecca, he flees from Mecca to Medina. His title was Abu Basir and his name was Utbah. He escaped from his tribe. They probably, you know, would torture him or bother him. And he walked on his feet to Medina. Like imagine walking 200, 300 miles in a desert. Like you literally almost killed yourself to get to Medina. So he was really excited. I fled. I'm now in Medina with the Prophet ﷺ. The Meccans heard. So they sent a letter to the Prophet ﷺ. And they told him, look, we have an agreement. You must send him back. You accepted to the treaty that any of our men who flee 
and they go to you, you have to send them back. And they sent two messengers from the tribe of Bani Amir to bring that guy back. Now imagine, you know, the Prophet really would go through difficulty himself. I mean, be, imagine being put in a situation like that. It's not easy. Because the Prophet is human. I mean, he feels bad for Abu Basir who came all the way. Like, what do you do in that situation? So the Prophet ﷺ looked at Abu Basir. He told him, go back with the two messengers. He objected. He started begging. He told him, oh, messenger of Allah, I killed myself to get here, basically. You command me to go back to the mushriks who try me in my faith? Basically, like, how could you do that? The Prophet told him, Ya Aba Basir, Inna qad a'tayna al-qawm ma qad alimt. Abu Basir, you know we have a treaty with them. وَلَا يَصْلُحُ لَنَا فِي دِينِنَا الْغَدْرِ We can't commit treachery in our religion and deception. I have to go by the terms of the agreement. But don't worry, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala جَاعِلٌ لَكَ وَلِمَنْ مَعَكَ مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فَرَجًا وَمَخْرَجًا Allah will give you a way soon, just be patient. The Prophet knew soon Allah will give him victory and the conquest of Mecca will happen. Just be patient, don't worry. He, he couldn't absorb what the Prophet was telling him. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, Taruddani ila al-mushrikeen. You're, you're sending me back to the mushriks? You started the hijrah and you told Muslims to leave. Now you tell, you tell me to go back. He, he couldn't absorb it. The Prophet told him, Intaliq ya Aba Basir, please go. Allah will find you a way out. Now the Prophet says that in, in, with these two men, so he surrendered. He's like, okay, take me back to Mecca. As he was leaving with those two men, some companions couldn't take it. Sometimes, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا ما آتها. Sometimes you just can't handle certain things. <laughs> Even if the Prophet does it, some people just can't absorb what's going on. So some Muslims, as he was passing, they whispered in his ear, you know, basically hinting to him, kill them. Kill them, get rid of these messengers. One of them, by the way, was Umar ibn al-Khattab, according to these reports. Umar tells him, you're a man and you have a sword. Eliminate these guys. He didn't do anything, but it seems, number one, he just couldn't accept that he had to go back to, to the land of shirk and be tortured. Like He just couldn't accept that. Number two, some Muslims <laughs> instigated him and encouraged him, so he had a crisis. So when they reached Dhul Hulayfa, which is basically Masjid al-Shajara on the south side of Medina. That's where you do your ihram for the Umrah. So not too far from Medina, Abu Basir does something disturbing, striking. These two messengers from Bani Amir, one of them was a master and the other one was, the, was a slave. Both of them were the, from the same tribe. One was a master and was a slave. He He saw that the master of them had a beautiful sword. <laughs> so he was tired, Abu Basir, and he's so depressed going back to Mecca. He's leaning on the wall, and he saw that beautiful sword of the messenger of Quraysh. And he told him, that man from Bani Amir, he told him, you, you have a pretty nice sword. Like, do you mind if I look at it? If I like see it, look at it? He's like, if you mind, if you don't mind. 
that guy didn't think Abu Basir is going to do anything because the Prophet commanded him go back. He thought he was going to stick to the command of the Prophet. He says, yeah, sure, take a look at it. So he unsheathed it, he's, ex- he's examining it, when suddenly he struck him and he killed him. He killed the mushrik who had come to send him back. Now the other guy, the slave, he got so scared he started running. He started running towards Medina, Abu Basir after him, trying to kill him. So he managed to reach Medina. By the way, some of these hadiths, I don't know how accurate they are. They um, illustrate to you how he was running and his garment was flying. And he entered Medina in a bad state. Let me just put it like that. So he came this mushrik. He's running towards the Prophet. The Prophet, when he saw him, he said to his companions, the guy is struck in fear. Something has happened. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ and he told the Prophet, my friend has been killed by your companion. So he he informed the companions that Abu Basir killed the messenger. Now this was big, right? Quraysh just did a treaty and you kill the messenger, that's big. Abu Basir comes and he wants to explain himself. He told him, oh messenger of Allah, You had to stick to the pact, I understand. You made a treaty with the pagans, you have to stick to it. I, I never did a pact with these jerks, with these mushriks. I'm not going back. I can't go back. I'm not prepared to go to the land of shirk. I just can't take this. You made a treaty, you did your part. I can't take it. (laughs) In other words, he was saying to the Prophet, Ya Rasulullah, I can't go back to Mecca. Whatever you did with Quraysh, you did with Quraysh. It doesn't apply to me. <laughs> now the Prophet was even in a tougher situation. He doesn't want news reaching Quraysh that he encouraged Abu Basir to do that. Because effectively that meant he's breaking the pact. But at the same time, the Prophet feels bad for this guy. I mean, he doesn't want him to go back to Mecca to these evil mushriks. So the Prophet chooses his words very carefully. The Prophet says, Wayla ummeh, woe upon his mother. In Arabic, you don't literally mean this when you say it. It just means, I'm surprised. The Prophet wanted to hear Quraysh that he's surprised by what happened. So I'm surprised by what, what you've done. Then the Prophet says, he's about to start war. If he had enough men with him, Listen to the words of the Prophet. Woe upon his mother. He's almost going to start a fight or a battle or war if he has someone to help him. If he has enough men with him. Keep this in your mind. Hold hold this thought. We'll, we'll analyze what this means. In any case, when Abu Basir heard this, he was like, you know what? It looks like he's sending me back. Because you can interpret this as the Prophet rebuking Abu Basir. Like you're gonna, you're gonna start war now. Woe on your mother, right? So when he heard this response from the Prophet, he said, you know what, I'm fleeing. I'm not staying here and I'm not going to Mecca. I'm just gonna flee. So what happened is, he along with a few other Muslims, they fled. They fled Medina. And of course the Prophet didn't ask the companions to chase after them. He wouldn't do that. They go to a coastal area on the Red Sea called Saif al-Bahr. This was a coastal village area. 
they fled over there. Suhail ibn Amr, the one who did the treaty with the Prophet representing Quraysh, and other members of Quraysh, they hear about this incident. Oh, look what happened. Our messenger got killed by Abu Basir. Then Suhail gets angry at the Prophet and he says, this is not what Muhammad agreed to. In other words, we have to punish him for that. The others around him calmed him down. They told him, look, basically I think they had spies. They told him, we know exactly what happened. Muhammad did not approve of that. We have witnesses that he told Abu Basir, go. And we have witnesses that the Prophet did not sanction what he did. Even when he came back, the Prophet told him, woe upon your mother, you want to start war? So Muhammad has nothing to do with this. We cannot hold him responsible. So they calm down, they're like, you know what, that, that's true. If that's what happened, then we cannot force him. Abu Basir acted on his own, and the Prophet did not single his signal his support, and in fact he commanded him to go back. So we can't break the treaty because of this. Muhammad's not at fault. But now, this put Quraysh in a very tough position. What do you do now? These guys fled. And you cannot hold the Prophet accountable. So now something terrible for Quraysh happens. Abu Basir, along with these other Muslims, they go to Saif al-Bahar, right? Along with some other Muslim fugitives, they settle in Saif al-Bahar. Saif al-Bahar was situated along the trade route of Quraysh. That's where their caravans would pass by to go for trading. Other Muslims in Mecca heard that Abu Basir and a number of fugitives are in Saif al-Bah. So they all, they also went. Remember who Abu Jandal is? The son of Suhail. The one who tried at Hudaybiyah to join the Prophet. The Prophet sent him back. Remember that? Abu Jandal heard like, perfect. Let me go and flee. So Abu Jandal along with 70 other Muslims from the Meccan area, they went to Saif al-Bah. Now you had a huge community of Muslim fugitives there. In fact, other tribes who had Muslims in secret, they kept joining, joining until they became 300. Now you've got a huge community of 300 Muslim fugitives at Saif al-Bah. Guess what they decided to do? They're like, look, these Quraysh have killed us, punished us. They're so mean. It's our time to seek revenge. So like a strong gang, any caravan that would pass by, they'd attack it, they'd loot them, and they'd even kill some of those Qurayshis. Quraysh went crazy. To the point where they send Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan's high ranking. Usually you send a messenger like, no, no, no. We need to get to the bottom of this. So Abu Sufyan, like a humiliated you know, abject slave, he comes to Medina, from Mecca, he comes to Medina to see the Prophet and he begs the Prophet, he tells him, look, I know we put a condition that anyone who flees us, you have to send them back, now I beg you, just keep them with you in Medina, keep them, let them stay in Medina, don't let them go roam around and kill us and destroy our caravans, just keep an eye on them, keep them in Medina, so we withdraw that clause, we modify the agreement. Just please ask them to come back. Let them stay with you as long as they want. Don't let them stay there. 
So he tells the Prophet, "Man minna halal." <laughs> Whoever from us flees to you, it's halal. Please just keep him. There's no pressure on you. Just keep them, please. Because they've opened a very difficult door for us. So the Prophet writes a letter to who? To Abu Basir and Abu Jandal. The Prophet tells them, come back to Medina. You can stay with me. Quraysh has accepted. As for the others who joined you, the 300 or so, tell them to go back to their tribes until Allah, you know, gives us this victory. The letter reaches Abu Basir. Abu Basir, while there, he spent the last days of his life. He was dying when the letter reaches him. So he, reached, he reads the letter of the Prophet, Abu Basir, come back to Medina, I allow you to come back. He reads the words of the Prophet and he passes away. So Abu Basir passes away in Saif al-Baha. But Abu Jandal, he was the leader of the group. Now, in fact, even before um, Abu Basir, he was the leader of the group. Because Abu Jandal, when he arrives there, um, Abu Basir tells him, you're from Quraysh, I'm not. So you be in charge of our group. So Abu Jandal tells the Muslims, go back to your tribes. I, along with some with me, are going to Medina. So they go to Medina and they join the Prophet Now, let's just conclude in, in just a few minutes, analyzing what Abu Basir did. What Abu Basir did, was it right or wrong? And did the Prophet actually condemn him? Or he did, he did not. On the one hand, you could say that when Rasulullah tells you, go back, just go back. Even if it's difficult for you, just go back. So he's condemned for violating the command of the Prophet. On the other hand, you could say Abu Basir knows the Prophet in his heart, doesn't want him to go back to shirk. He's a Muslim. But the Prophet can't say it publicly. Because Quraysh are monitoring what's happening. So the Prophet wanted publicly to show that he's not okay with this. But privately, yeah, go and kill these, you know, mushriks. There's two sides, right? We're trying to analyze whether, you know, what Abu Basir did is right or wrong. And whether he had a good ending, good fate or not. We honestly don't know if the Prophet condemned him. We don't know that for sure. Because we know that the mushriks were oppressors. We know that the condition they put in Hudaybiyah was not a just condition. On what basis are you locking up and imprisoning Muslims and torturing them? We know this is wrong in any sharia, in any faith, in any um, rational law. So for Abu Basir, the poor guy, to go back again to the land of shirk and to deal with all of that, I mean, you could say that the Prophet doesn't really want that for him. But on the other hand, the Prophet doesn't want to be accused of breaking the treaty with Quraysh. So the Prophet cannot directly tell Abu Basir, don't go back. The Prophet publicly has to make a statement. Now let's analyze that statement that the Prophet said. The Prophet told Abu Basir, woe upon his mother. If he, he's going to start war if he has supporters. One analysis is that the prophet was giving him the green light. He's telling him, look, 
the only way out is to fight now. If you go back to Mecca, you don't want to go back. You can't handle it. I can't tell you stay here because I'll be violating the treaty. If you have supporters, you will start war. It's a conditional statement. You know, Abu Basir, you're going to start war if you have supporters. That means go and get supporters and fight them. That's your only way out. I can't do anything for you at this point. Sorry, I can't help you. I'm in a situation where I cannot help you. But if you find enough men, you can start war. Now, this could be taken two ways. One way would be don't start war with Quraysh. I have an agreement. And that's what the Prophet wanted Quraysh to understand. But on the other hand, he's also giving him a hint that if you find enough supporters, you can fight them independently. So based on this analysis, we can conclude that the Prophet did approve of what Abu Basir did. And Quraysh was at fault. They were aggressors. They were killers. They had blood on their hands. And they were not justified in bringing them back to Mecca. So the Prophet basically told him, I can't help you. But if you have enough supporters, go and fight them. And that's exactly what happened. He took a number of fugitives with him. Abu Jandal joined. 70 other joined. 300 joined. They wrecked havoc on Quraysh to the point where Abu Sufyan came begging. So that's one way, you know, of analyzing what happened. What do you all think? After hearing, you know, the, the reports and what happened, do you think what Abu Basir did was, was, you know, okay in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Did he have a good faith? He died as a mu'min? Or no, he disobeyed the Prophet. And that's not good to disobey the Prophet. How do, how do you all feel about this? <laughs> Even though the Prophet told him, go back, I command you to go back, be patient, soon the victory will come. Well, based off of the rest part that you mentioned, where the Prophet says, go the way out. See, no the Prophet said, didn't explicitly say that. The Prophet said, um, woe upon his mother. Mus'ira harbin. He's instigating war if he has men with him. It's a vague statement. It's a very vague statement. You know, it could be understood in two ways. Woe upon your mother. The Arabs would say that when someone was doing something wrong. Woe upon your mother. You're going to start war if, if you have many with you. Meaning, don't start war with Quraysh. That's one way of understanding it. The other way of understanding it is, Wayla Ummah means I'm surprised, you know, that you did this. So he, so Quraysh knows that he was not collaborating with the Prophet. But you can start war with them if you've got enough men, meaning go and start war. It, it could be understood in two ways. And, and this shows you, by the way, the sharpness of the Prophet. So how do you all feel about Abu Basir? Do you have mixed feelings about him or he did the right thing? Yes. I think um, it's fair to analyze the two other statements of Rasulullah to understand this one. So the first one, he says to Abu Basir, you have to go back and have nothing. I, I can't do anything. I'm locked into this treaty. Final statement there is, okay, you can come back now, which seems like tacit approval. So I, I think you have just said right now in this lecture, so he obviously couldn't. He couldn't take it. it. So he couldn't even take that command of the Prophet, go back, even though you can't handle it. I, I can't really do anything. So it seems this middle statement is 
okay, you did what you had to do, but now you're kind of on your own. One Yeah, so one way of analyzing it is that the Prophet was initially telling him, look, be strong, have Iman, go back, Allah will elevate your status, and the victory will come soon. That's the preferred thing to do. But if you can't handle that, I mean, I understand you're human, right? Not everyone is like um, Imam Ali salam and Salman and these others who can handle every type of pain and suffering. If you can't handle it, then figure out something on your own. Don't get me involved. Because if I am involved, th there goes the treaty. So then in this case, the command to go back wouldn't be a command, it would be like advice. Right, it would be advice. Not like a mawlawi command such that if you f disobey, you're sinful in the eyes of God. Based on this, yes. How do we know if Allah understood that? What the Prophet said when he said, well, on your mother, like, how do we know he understood to gather men and... It's not that important um, for, for him to fully understand what the Prophet was saying. It was important for him to know the Prophet was telling him, I'm not going to get involved. Even after you, after you killed the messenger, the Prophet made it clear to him that I'm not going to get involved. Which meant you have to leave. You can't stay in Medina because I have a pact. You don't want to go to Quraysh. I can't force you. You killed the messenger. So the Prophet hinted to him, you've got to leave Medina. He got that hint. He understood that he wasn't welcome to stay in Medina. Secondly, the prophet did insert in his mind that if you have enough men, you will start war. Maybe he thought about this. He's like, you know what? That's exactly what I want to do with these evil people. So that's why he invited other fugitives. So he, he's, he somehow understood the core message. <laughs> I think it was a plan, so he has to do like that. So in order, at the end, the result was good. So they took his condition out. So that was a good result. So it was so you could say when you judge the result and the outcome, it was actually good. Because Abu Sufyan in the end came begging the, the Prophet to stop these people. And so they lifted that condition. Maybe, maybe had he listened to the Prophet and gone to Mecca, maybe there would have been a, even a better outcome. You never know. Allahu A'lam. Maybe that was the initial plan that the Prophet wanted. But when the people told him, hey, we can't handle it, he's like, okay, let's go to plan B. If you guys can't handle plan A. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi al-tayyibina al-tahirin.